Having just finished a multi-year revision of what you might call the Bible of cybersecurity controls, there's something new. The National Institute of Standards and Technology Cybersecurity Crew has a new companion guide. Here with an update, NIST fellow Ron Ross. Ron, good to have you back. Oh, good morning. It's great to be with you, Tom. And calling you a fellow is like saying Ernest Hemingway had a typewriter. But let's get into uh, the first of those publications. 853 is a venerable one, and yet it's been totally refreshed. Give us the highlights of what's new in there and how that process all went. Well, as you said, it took uh, quite a long time for us to bring this publication to its final state, uh, which we did in September. And it's really a remarkable update. Uh, Since revision 4... And I like to remind everybody that Revision 4 was downloaded uh, over 20 million times from the time it was published in 2013. So it's a, it's a very widely used publication, both in the federal space and in the private sector. But we had some great updates in the 2020 version. But one of the most important things we did is integrate privacy into the catalog of controls. We took all of the previous privacy controls that were in an appendix, and we integrated them throughout the catalog. And so now that catalog, it's a consolidated catalog, fully staffed with both security and privacy controls. Uh, That's really critical today because privacy stands shoulder to shoulder with cybersecurity as being very important in federal agencies and the private sector as well. Uh, The other thing we did is we we moved uh, the baselines. We have uh, groups of controls that we recommend to our customers based on the criticality of their systems. And we had those baselines, those grouping, groupings of controls moved to another publication, which I think we'll talk about later, 53 Bravo. But that, uh, that was a big step as well. And then we populated the catalog with a lot of new controls that are based on some of the cyber attacks and, and the threat space that we see evolving continuously into 2020. So every time there's a new threat or a new type of attack, uh, we're going down and, and, and making sure that we can uh, develop an appropriate safeguard to help our customers stop those types of attacks. So you're going to see a lot of uh, new controls in that area. Uh, the other group of controls that we brought in uh, were cyber resiliency controls. This is tied to our, our system security engineering project. And these controls are basically controls that developers would use to build stronger, more penetration-resistant and cyber-resilient systems. So there's an awful lot of information in this new update. And it took us a long time, but we're really proud of the final product and hope uh, all of our customers will enjoy uh, using the document. Well, here's to the next 20 million downloads. And a question about the new controls. I mean, are they adaptable as the threat landscape and the technology is continuously changing? And I'll just make an analogy. If a control is to turn a certain bolt to 10 pounds of pressure on your torque wrench, and it's a half-inch bolt, and the next time you need a 5 eighths inch bolt, still with the same torque, the same control applies, just in a different situation. And that's really, you summed it up very well. That's how our controls are built. We develop all of our controls to be uh, policy and technology neutral. So you're right. We, we are, we're always advancing in the technology space. We've gone from mobile to the cloud computing revolution and all of that. And we didn't have to develop a separate set of controls for mobile and cloud. We take the controls that we have. They're based on fundamental concepts of cybersecurity and privacy. And those controls are implemented in the context of the technology that you're looking at. So if it's a smartphone or a tablet, you still have access control. You still have identification authentication. And all of the fundamentals are reflected in those controls. And yes, there's sometimes you have to tweak them. We had a whole generation of tweaks in our industrial control systems uh, application of those controls. That goes back over a decade. We looked at every control and said, how would this operate in an operational technology mode, so power plants or industrial control systems? So some of the controls had to be interpreted. But the good news for our customers is there's lots of stability in those controls. And we feel that the catalog now has the, the broadest and deepest set of controls of any control 
catalog anywhere in the world. And the fact that we have privacy integration now across the entire space uh, is, is really a remarkable thing. The final thing I forgot to mention is we have a brand new family in, in 853 Rev 5 for supply chain risk management. My colleague John Boynes is the author of NIST 800-161. That's a supply chain risk management pub. And now we have a whole family of controls that are dedicated to helping protect the supply chain, which, as you know, is a critical aspect of our overall defense in depth and, and cybersecurity strategy. We're speaking with Ron Ross. He's a fellow at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And just a quick diversion question, because supply chain is on everybody's lips these days, and we do have programs like the CMMC going on at the Pentagon. But the set of controls that comes up in the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program, they refer to special publication 800-171. So how does that fit into the whole picture? Well, it's very much tied together. Uh, we developed the 800-171 publication. Those are security requirements for protecting controlled unclass information. That's a special category of information that NARA defines uh, where there's uh, special protections required or dissemination requirements for uh, certain types of information. So in 2015, we developed 109, which is now 110 requirements for protecting CUI. If you look in that publication, though, every one of those requirements is traceable back to a security control in 800-53. So 853 is still the kind of the foundation, and we build a lot of different types of publications off of those controls. They're cast as requirements in this case because we did a lot of tailoring. We took out all of the federally unique things because 800-171 applies to non-federal organizations. When you're with a federal agency and you're sending CUI to that non-federal organization, you want to make sure they protect the information just as if it were on the federal side. So it, it all traces back to 853, which is good news again for our customers. All right, let's get back to 800-53 Bravo. That's the latest thing. Tell us what 53B is and what it accomplishes. Well, the 853 Bravo is a uh, it's our baseline document, and previously the we had three baselines. The, a baseline is a set of controls that you would recommend to a customer based upon the type of system they're operating. And we have three different categories of systems that we deal with in the federal government. We, we call it high, moderate, and low impact, where impact is impact to your business or your mission if that system is breached or compromised. So we've, we traditionally, over the past uh, 10, 15 years, we've had our three security control baselines in the document in 853. We chose at this point in time to take those baselines out of 853 and put them in a separate document. The reason we did that is because we wanted 853 to be used by not just folks at the enterprise level who are building security programs, but also uh, systems engineers who are building real systems and, and want a good set of controls to use. So we wanted to kind of to separate the baselines, which are used mostly by the enterprise folks, from the engineering community, and they could all see a single unified catalog. So Bravo came out along with the tailoring guidance. Each of those baselines in 53, and by the way, they were updated in 2020 when that document came out about a month ago. We added some new controls based on some of the threats we discussed. But you also get a full set of tailoring guidance, which means every organization starts with that recommended baseline. So you kind of pick whether your system is low, moderate, or high, and then you go through our tailoring guidance, maybe taking out some controls, maybe adding some, and that, that targets that baseline and makes it very organization-specific so you get the exact protection you need. The bigger uh, add in 53 Bravo was we, for the first time ever, you remember we talked about the privacy controls in 53, we now have a privacy baseline 
that's again a starting set of privacy controls that are tied back to uh, OMB Circular A130 and the privacy requirements. And again, all of these controls can be used either in our, our risk management framework, our cybersecurity framework, or we now have brand new privacy framework too. So those baselines are really an attempt to help our customers, give them a starting point, and then from there, they customize uh, to their needs. And sounds like if you do that customizing homework up front, then you will have a much more manageable and understandable system when you actually implement Yeah, it's totally true. And, you know, the other thing we introduced, Tom, back in 2018, we updated our risk management framework for the first time in a long time. That's about a year and a half old now. Uh, Actually, it's coming up on two years. But we give our customers now a choice. They can use our baselines to start with, uh, that starting set of controls, or they can start from scratch. And they can use a systems engineering process and define their own security requirements. So let's say you're in the DOD and you're building a weapon system or a command and control system or a medical device in a healthcare organization. You can start with your security requirements as part of your engineering process, and then you can pick the exact controls to satisfy each of those security or privacy requirements. That is another way to customize our solutions so we can work smarter, more efficiently, and we can reduce the costs to organizations and also achieve better cybersecurity and privacy protections for our customers. Ron Ross is a fellow at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Have a great day. We'll post this interview along with links to the new publications at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.